Welcome to the Life Lifted Podcast, where we lift your mind, body, and soul with your hosts, Mike Molina and Chris Musser. You have found the number one up-and-coming fitness podcast in the world. This is Life Lifted. On today's podcast, uh, we start off the podcast by talking about our trip to Joshua Tree together. It was fun, national parks, uh, which sparked our interest or sparked our conversation on my love for hiking and how my love for hiking started. And we just uh, went from there talking about nature and how amazing it is. and then once we get to the fitness portion of today's podcast, we talk about why you're not progressing um, because you're overeating. Welcome back, Chris. Yes. Back in the back. studio. Yes. This is fun. I miss this, man. Yeah, me too. I freaking love doing this. Yeah. I hate setting it up, but once I'm in it, I love doing this. We got the setup down, though. Yes. I've, I've learned to love podcasting. I don't, yeah. know, I don't know where you stand. No, I, I really enjoy it. Like, yeah. I was looking forward to today. Oh, it's freaking amazing. I love sitting yeah. here and talking to you and... Just, you know, talking to our, our 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 people out there, whoever listens to us, maybe zero, but, you know, we're still doing it because it's fun. But um, what sucks is the after part, right? Like getting somebody to edit it or editing ourselves or like yeah, getting together to like listen to the podcast. All that, all that is like, I hate that part. <laughs> I don't know about you, but that yeah. part, that part is tough and that part's hard. Doing the actual podcast, you know, speaking to you guys and. That's that's the fun part, and I I guess you could say that's the easy part. We still put in thought. By the way, guys, we do put thought into what we talk about. Um, I know you guys can't see, but in front of us, we do have our laptops, and we do have an outline of what we want to talk to you guys about. But um, and that's that's the fun part. Like yeah. I said, the hard part is all the stuff we don't know how to do, like edit, right, podcast, take video of stuff, right? Because nowadays, I mean, that's how you gain traction. Unfortunately, you know, you have to post stuff on social media. It's a learning process. I know when we started this, Mike, you talked about how you wanted to make this a learning process and you were excited to learn new things. So, you know, it's it has uh, been. It has been definitely one step, a learning process. One step at a time. Progressive overload. Hell yeah, man. Anyways, uh, how did you enjoy Joshua Tree? Uh, it was fun. It was nice. Was to that your first time? Uh, no, I've been there before. Mm. You know um, me, I've, always, I've been there multiple times. I got to be honest. I had some reflection about it and... I don't really love Joshua Tree. Really? I yeah, I love the idea of it, but I don't there's there's I don't there's some energy there that makes me anxious. Hmm. Is it cuz it's desert, isolated, isolation, I don't, you don't I, like isolation? I have no idea, but I I didn't put two and two together until I realized the last time I went, I felt the same way. And I like like I said, I like the idea of getting out into the middle of nowhere in a like, you know, a house just relaxing nothing you know you don't have a lot of distractions i love that idea yeah. but for I, I don't know maybe it's what did you say there's like some alien center out that's there? not what i said <laughs> well first of there's all something out there i love joshua Tree. Or maybe it's the night crawlers it is the night crawlers <laughs> by the way guys if you've never heard of night crawlers look it up they're real they exist we've seen them we encountered them well, uh, I you've have. seen them I, I, have. Have. I did not I'm, see them i won't say we but yeah i have we heard something in the rocks we, yeah we definitely <laughs> something scared us at night when we were relaxing in the in the hot tub. The Airbnb was cool. Yeah. Um I've been to a lot of Airbnbs. Um and I I love Airbnbs. Yeah. Like some I've been to some dope ass Airbnbs. I really? don't know about you. Like the one we were at was pretty cool, but I've been to one the last time I went to Joshua Tree, I had like a five acres to myself, right? Wow. I had like a uh freaking pool, uh like again a hot tub, jacuzzi. Yeah. Um, I had like a full gym, right? I had a game oh, room yeah, you as said well. That. Yeah. yeah, it was me and my girlfriend. Well, we had a game room. We had, yeah, we we had a basketball we had, court. It wasn't as big, but yeah, what we had was cool. We had a pool, jacuzzi. 
Yeah, that was fun. I mean, I, I love Joshua Tree. That was one of the first national parks that I ever went to. Um, if you guys know me personal on a personal level, um, I love national parks. I mean, Chris knows that I love hiking. I love all that stuff. Um, when we went out there, I'm pretty sure he got he got a sense or idea of like, I'm legit about it and I know where to go. Yeah, <laughs> I, Mike says I have the map in my head. I legit did, did I not? I had <laughs> the Yosemite, whole, right? I have Yosemite's map in and my head. Joshua and I have Tree. Joshua Tree. Well, Yosemite is huge. Which, by the way, I'm going this weekend. It's talking about national parks, nice. I am going this weekend. But I have uh, those maps. Um, yeah, kind of, kind of laid out in my head. Uh, Zion, kind of. I've only been there once, but because I just loved it, I kind of the map is kind of stuck in my head. But I mean, hiking is one of my besides working out. Hiking is like my go-to, I guess, like me time or like you know where I like to to relax, reflect, um, just think about life, right? And and you know me, I don't. When I say hike, I mean like strenuous, treacherous, strenuous, freaking danger. Hikes. Yeah, but to me that's like fun, but it's also like it helps me mentally like push past barriers, things like that, right? Sometimes when I'm struggling through something and I go do a hard hike like that, it, it just, it, it, it gives me, it gives me new insight, right? It's like, I mean, to be, not to be cliche, but you hear, you hear about that, right? We got to climb that mountain and well, obviously at the top, you know, you have that nice view, you have that, you know, but um, there's, there's just something about being out in the mountains, being around nature that, that I, I need in my life. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Um, also, I think is because when I was remember I talked about in daily episodes that when I was depressed and all that, um, one of the well one obviously the gym helped me out right. We talked mm-hmm. about that. Listen to episode one if you guys didn't hear about that. Um, one of the other things that helped me out through that depression and through all that um, was hiking, right? And remember we talked about how my sister the gym was at my sister's house right. The gym that I that essentially started lifting the gym that I that that sparked all this right. Um, to who I am now and got into lifting. Well, my sister was a huge hiker. Mm. She was a huge avid hiker, right? And so obviously going to her house every day, she, one time she invited me to a hike. Mount Baldy, if you guys don't know who Mount Baldy is, I don't know what the hell is wrong with her. That's a 10,000 foot elevation hike, wow. right? One of the hardest hikes in Los Angeles. Wow. And that was my first hike <laughs> ever. That was my first exposure to hiking, right? A freaking 10,000 elevation hike. But um, again, like, that opened another door for me of like escape right so it's like i looked forward to hiking with her after that like i was able to like through all the depression through like you know like i said through all the the, the things that i was dealing with it was a gym and then it was hiking it was hiking with her because i didn't know where to go Mm. so shout out to my sister she does listen to the podcast so when she listens to this yeah she knows what i'm talking about uh she definitely opened that door for me and, and i'm grateful forever like I, that is, it's a huge part of my life. I mean, you know me now to nature and hiking is a huge part of my life. Something that I also really, uh, connect with, with my girlfriend now, right? Something that we love to do. We love going to national parks. So um, I got her into it and now it's like a big part of both of our lives and where we go connect out in nature. So, yeah. Um, well, I mean, kind of the same for me. I mean, hiking has helped me through a lot too. And I've had some really hard times. I will say though, that Mm, the hiking I've done is you probably wouldn't call it hiking, kind of, no, but no, just but being, yours, being yeah. out in nature and walking, you know, a little bit of a physical challenge behind you know? the sun, man, you know? So, um, I mean, I can relate to that. Just totally. stu- I mean, there's studies. I mean, I'm not going to quote any cause obviously I don't know off the top of my head like that. I probably should, you know, but, um, there's studies that have been, you know, that, that being in nature like that releases that dopamine, right? Mm-hmm. That dopamine, that, that feeling that, that good, feeling right that that we need to think about it i'm out in the nature so i'm already releasing that dopamine 
right? And sometimes cortisol gets released because of the strenuous hike, right? That other hormone, the other, essentially it's a stress, stress hormone, hormone, but it makes yeah. you, some, some, for some people, some people like, they like that, right? And me being a weirdo that likes, you know, hard things, the, both of those hormones get released with doing something like that. So, of course, I'm going to love it, <laughs> right? <laughs> but, yeah, this weekend should be fun. That's Have you awesome. been to Yosemite? Never been, no. You've never I need been to, to Yosemite? Oh, I my God. Go. For you guys that are listening, Yosemite, I've been to a lot of national parks. Yosemite is still my number one. Wow. Like, ever. I haven't been to some, I haven't been to any outside of the States, which I want to. That's coming up. Mm-hmm. But in the States, that's definitely one of the number one that I th- I think so. That's awesome. I hope you have a good time. So, did you enjoy Joshua Tree? I, I always enjoy Joshua You know yeah. me. Um, <laughs> Oh, that's sad. That's right. I was talking about how that was the first time, huh? So yeah, that was the first first um, national park I ever went to. So my sister got me into hiking, but that was the first national park. Like we, she always talked about national parks, and I didn't even know what they were. I didn't even know they existed. I didn't know what the hell they were. And she talked, started talking mm-hmm. to me about like, hey, Mike, there's these things called you know national parks. National parks. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell are those? And then the first one she mentioned was Joshua Tree. So I was like, oh well, I want to see that, you know, since it was close by. Um, I ended up going. Um, and I went with my girlfriend. So not only was that the first time I went to to a national park, that also was the first time I ever went anywhere with my girlfriend. Wow. So it holds it holds a you know near and dear place in my heart. Um, so I so I guess I connect on a different level to Joshua Tree, and that's why I enjoy it. Because at the end of the day, I mean, it is it is a desert, right? It is an isolation, yeah. but I have a different I guess way of I have a different connection to it, which is why I enjoy it. But um, I just like, yeah, I just like it. I also, if you guys are in Joshua Tree, the Joshua Tree Saloon, Saloon, right? Saloon. Bomb food. Do you that like it, Chris? Good. Oh, man. The best pulled pork I've had. I've told you guys. This side of the Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> i told you guys. If you guys are out there, try it out. Best barbecue ever. Um, I, ha- I literally, since day one, when we got there, if you remember, I was like, we should go there. Like, yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. It was good. It was really good. Even even though it was like 1030 at night. Yes, it was freaking late. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what the hell was wrong with us. We didn't even get to see the stars, guys. Could you believe that? We out saw in Joshua some. Tree. We saw some, but I mean, I've been out there where I've literally seen the Milky Way. It is insane. You need to go see that, Chris. Yeah. You definitely, that's once in a lifetime experience right there. I think I was kind of in the mood that weekend just to like do nothing. Chill. I needed a chill. And we didn't chill. <laughs> <laughs> but that's cool. I mean, I had a good time with you guys. It's always fun to get away and you know, we we go with two other trainers, the four of us and we uh share ideas, you know, talk about a lot of things. It's it always, a good fun. way to connect. So Yeah, it's always fun to talk about some business stuff that, you know. It's always fun to, to gather with like-minded people, I would say. Yeah. So I, I do enjoy having them in our corner, right? Um, and I think it's a big part of um, health overall, right? Obviously, this is a health and wellness uh, podcast. I think one of the biggest things that uh, changed uh, a lot for me, because, again, going back to, I mean, the depression part, because we were on the topic, right? Not only did the hiking and, and weightlifting, but the connections I made with people in both, you know, mm-hmm. I met people that enjoyed hiking I met people in the gym that right, so it's like the connections that I that that I created are also what kept me going. So I think connections with with anybody, right, having that that interaction with people and that that just e- even if you don't know the people, like sometimes I would go to the gym and like, oh, like I always see that dude over here, I always see that chick there, right? And you, sometimes you just give that little wave. They have been connection to that, like that actually does help with people's help happiness, right? Yep. And, so yeah. it's like that's insane. So that has has risen on top of like 
in terms of health, right? The way I like obviously I, I take care of my body, my health and things like that. But connections has definitely risen a lot higher on my scale than it was before. I call it community. Yeah. You know, like having that that hiking community, that fitness gym community. I think that's what that's what keeps me going and inspires me is like having community. Yeah. I mean, we're not, not just, meant to live this life alone. Right. You know, it's like thinking right. about me and that sucks. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's like even doing this, I mean, even though I enjoy doing this too, it's like, I, I don't think I would be able to do it without anybody like, with, you know, without you, Chris, or yeah. it just makes it more fun. It sure does. Yeah. But what's the saying? It's like, if you want to go far, what is it? You want to, you want to get far, do it alone or something. But if you want, want to go, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know the saying. I can't think of it. Damn it. Come on guys. Should have wrote it down. I can't think of it. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> I can't think of it. It's like you, something like that. It's like you want to go further. The point is, is if you want to go further, do it together, right? Or do do it with somebody, um, which I believe is very true. I believe is very true. And it's nice, uh, you know, since we left a gym where there was a lot of trainers working, we've all stayed together and c- continued a community. You know. It's, oh yeah, definitely. It's nice to have that, even though like. I've talked about before, you know, in some ways we are competitors, you know, I mean, we essentially kind of, I mean, we are, <laughs> but I think I was, I was reading something the other day too. Like you should surround yourself with your competitors cause they don't, they help raise your game. And mm. that's, that's what I love too is like, I think surrounding ourselves with each other other trainers, it, it actually elevates my game a lot. It definitely does. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I feel like just seeing, being around, even at Opus, you know, being, being, um, which is the other gym we train at. Um, being around the other trainers that obviously I'm meeting, Drew and yeah, like you know all these other people. Um, I don't know if they want their names, so I won't say their names. But um, just seeing them train and seeing them do their thing, right? And seeing like even like new exercises, maybe the way they they handle things, or I talking to them the way they they go about some things, um, it's making me better, right? And, and they're yeah. not, it's not like it's not like we're asking each other questions it's just by saying you know saying hello seeing how they train being next to them and being in that environment and seeing you know them trade themselves is definitely motivating yeah it's definitely motivating so you know being around people like-minded people it's like it really goes a long way and it's crazy it's crazy to see it's awesome to have a fitness community of people who are like working on excellence and you know um not just for themselves but for their clients the gym the fitness industry gets they talked about so much for like the douchebags and the people that are like taking equipment or like too focused on themselves or their vanity or just, you know, it's like, it's, it's nice to be part of a community where people are committed to excellence for themselves and their clients. I def- I, I honestly think social media portrays the gym as like a horrible, just a bunch of douchey freaking stuck up people that just care about themselves. It's not like that at all. Yeah, I don't think it's like that at all. I don't think I've ever been. I mean, yes, there's obviously people here and there that are like that, but for the majority of gyms that I've been to, and obviously I've been going to a lot of gym, it's one of the most welcoming, most you know, thoughtful people that just want to help each other. You know, at least I think so. Obviously, there's some 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 people out there that 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 are freaking horrible people, but for the most part, I think it's one of the most welcoming places you could you could ever go to. Yeah, I don't know. About, I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, I mean, there was a guy at Crunch, I remember, and this this guy was, like, doing walking lunges with, like, he, two plates on each. I mean, he was, like, crazy. Damn, really? And um, he was, like, a beast. And But the one thing I noticed was is... Was it me? <laughs> I, he was in that at night, and I noticed, like, he would always, like, clean up, 
his plates. Like he would take plates from the other side of the gym and bring them over, yeah, yeah. but then he would take them back. And one day I said something to him, nicest person. Like we ended up having like the coolest connection. Yeah. And you could just look at someone like that and be like, oh, that guy is like, he's douchey, like, yeah. but he's not yet. But, you know, such Most, a nice person. You know, again, to back up what I'm saying, um, it's it's the it's the people that have been going to the gym for a while. Not, obviously, not the, I'm not saying the people that have just started are, are not like that, but I've noticed that the people that are actually committed to it and are actually like real gym rats, right? They're, they're the real gym fitness fanatic people. Those people... Obviously, the people that go to the gym like every day, those people are the ones that are like are actually really nice, really helpful, like that guy. Yeah. Right. So it's like, I mean, I relate to that. So it's like, I, I, the community again, going back to the community. It's like I think one of the things that keeps people going to a certain gym is just community. I yeah, mean, for sure. And every gym has it. If, oh yeah. If you haven't found it yet, you know, I, I, I know you. It's you can find it. It's there. You just have to find those people who are, um, you know, who are committed and say hello. Yeah, exactly. Just be like, hey, how many <laughs> sets you got? <laughs> you know, we got, we should make an episode like how to make gym friends. <laughs> so it's, we were, we last week we talked or last episode, we talked about why you're not progressing because you're eating too little. Yes. So we're going to kind of invert that and talk about the reason you may not pr- be progressing is, because you may be eating too much. Dun, dun, dun. And this is going to apply both to fat loss as well as people who are um, trying to bulk or gain muscle, but they may not be satisfied with what they're seeing, right? Absolutely. Yes, today's episode uh, is part of our series, right? The 10-part series that we're doing. Um, so like Chris said, we're going to talk about why you're not progressing because you're eating too damn much. <laughs> And some more obvious than others. Um, we'll, we'll go over, obviously, both of those, right? The signs of, like, overeating, the signs of all this. Um, but, I mean, let's start with the fat loss, obviously, because that's a little more... Some of them are more obvious than others. I've been thinking about this a lot, Mike. And I think that when it comes to talking to people about eating too much, there's a lot of fear. Hmm. Um with anyone around this topic um it's not something that um clients just general people want to really talk about um because i don't know i think you tell me what you think about this but i do think that our culture has built all of these like quick fix diets that basically tell you you're doing the wrong thing and if you want to get results you need to do this new thing and People do it and they feel guilty if they do something that's not that diet, but then the diet doesn't work and then they gain the weight. I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot of, I feel like there's a, yeah, I feel like there's a lot of psychology behind this. So I think as we go into this, like just being conscious that, yeah, we're, I mean, we don't mean, I mean, anything we say is not to offend anybody. The majority of people Um, out there may already be feeling some sense of guilt or frustration around this. Absolutely. So I think, um, The way that I like to think about it is, um, you know, if you have a checking account, you probably, hopefully, you know, balance that and see what's coming in and what's going out every month. And um, I find a lot of people kind of resist this with food and understanding what's coming in and, you know, going out. But I do think if you, I, I talk to people like if whatever you measure, you can manage and, um, you know, if you feel like you're gaining 
fat and you don't, you're, you're not progressing. One of the easiest ways to understand that is to track it. And Mm. a lot of the resistance I run into with this a lot of times is I think people think they're going to have to track forever or, um, they know there's a problem, but they just don't want to see it. So, um, it is, it is, it is hugely psychological for a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, most of the, most of the, uh, most of the, um, the, I mean, fat loss clients that I've have that I have or had or right. Um, a lot of the time it, it I mean, a lot of the time it, it, it's more than just overeating, obviously, like you're talking about. Um, there's a deeper right root. There's a deeper things, right? They, they may deal with uh, certain eating behaviors, right? Binging or, or stress eating. I think stress eating is a big one, um, at least for most of the clients that I've worked with. I'm not saying everybody, but a lot of the people that I've worked with who, who, who struggle with overeating. Um, it's not necessarily that they're eating 24-7, you know, bad. It's like those moments that, that, that those little moments where they, that they just have where they just go off the rail that really affects them, right? So then they develop this, like, bad relationship with food. Do you think that the people who try to restrict more are the ones who also kind of find that they go off? Yes. Yeah. yes so, like, the restriction also equals the stress eating about absolutely because again most of the people that have had that have i mean if someone comes to you you know it's a trainer like say hey like i want to lose weight lose weight most of the time 99 percent of the time they've tried it already they've already tried to lose weight before right so they probably already have probably you know done loads of cardio restricted like crazy started eating nothing but salad right so they probably have already tried right to diet before and maybe they got saw some results obviously but I mean, again, going back to the saying that I always like to say, the problem is not losing weight. People know how to do that, right? The problem is keeping the weight off. That's the biggest problem. That's the problem that people have. This is why they come to us, right? Because they've tried before and they essentially, they can't keep it off, right? And again, that goes back to them just having that, that relationship with food, right? So it definitely has to do with the, the um, their, their past experiences for yeah. sure. Yeah. But, um, so, so. I want to talk about a little bit of like going back. I want to go back to a little bit um, what you were talking about, which is, I guess, tracking. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like tracking and we both like tracking. But if we're talking about these people who have this relationship with food. Yes, tracking is going to help, but I think I need to get them in a better place mentally before I have them track. I definitely more. think so. Because, I mean think about it they already have a horrible relationship with food right so it's like just having them again think about the food they're gonna eat stress about the food they're gonna eat we're literally adding a stress to their life they're already stressy to start off with why are we gonna add a whole other stress to their life or having their trainer even see it yeah so i have a client um right now actually not gonna mention he she whatever i'm not gonna mention uh, but um at first she it seemed like she was okay with tracking like, she was like, I'm, you know, whatever yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing it. And then there came a point in time where she was like, it's hard for me. Because I would ask her, you know, because she seemed fine. And then she finally opened up, like, it's hard for me to talk about my eating. She was like, I can't talk about. She she, she has, she's had, again, she tried, she yo-yo dieted before, right? Mm-hmm. So she had struggled, she has had struggles with losing weight, binging, things like that. Things like She, she wouldn't was- be able to tell me even the simplest things. Like, I'll be like, you know, right before a workout, because before a workout, I want to know if they ate or not, right? So it's like I would ask, oh, did you eat, you know? And just that simple thing would trigger her so much. 
Mm-hmm. Like she would get triggered just by that. So how the hell do you expect me to, as a trainer, be like, we're going to track your food. If just asking a simple question triggers all these emotions, right? Triggers all this. They're not going to want to do it. Right. And that's not going to get us results. Does that make sense? So for the average person, uh, well, even, or I like, shouldn't even say the, the person who maybe is struggling psychologically, you know, with this, how do they even start to control or understand that they may be eating too much? Like, what is that first step? Well, the first step, um, I mean, there's signs. There's signs of overeating, right? There, there's, there's, there's multiple signs that we could talk about. You want to go through the list? Is that yeah. what you want to do? Okay. Like, so. yeah, what would be a sign that you might be overeating? Um, a big sign of overeating just, it's funny because a lot of the signs that we talked about for undereating, some of them relate to overeating in different ways. But, um, I mean, having low energy, just, just like if you're undereating, you could, you can have low energy throughout the day um, when you overeat just because, right, that insulin spike. We, also, we, have, we all have heard of, like, food comas and things like that, right? So it's like mm-hmm. there is a point in time where you actually could overdo it and overeat and, and feel more sluggish. We all have had that. We all have had that. Right, where you just you just like, oh damn it, I shouldn't have done that. And all you want to do is what? Freaking lay on the couch. <laughs> or, <laughs> drink, or drink coffee. Yeah, do nothing. <laughs> or drink a what is it? Pre workout? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, just get some caffeine. Do you drink pre workout by the way? I don't know. I have nothing against pre workout. I it's one it, I think certain people benefit a lot from it. I don't drink I don't drink pre workout. What I probably when as I as I get older in age, I don't know, maybe I'll look differently. Maybe, you know, depending on the job, stress, things like that. Um I will have caffeine sometimes. Caffeine, yeah. So I'll do like the other day I did like a shot of espresso. Mm, okay. I mean you freaking had some right <laughs> I now. I had some huh? coffee yeah, today before this. To, yeah. to, get, to get podcasting, huh? Okay, going back to, to, to low energy. Yeah, low energy. But also because when you eat when you overeat, right, just say, I mean, your body needs to digest that. Your body needs to digest that. And in order to, to digest that, what does it need? It needs energy, right? It needs energy in order to digest all that food. So your body is essentially working, right? So essentially you, you are, your body's in working to, to digest all that. And again, it, it tires you out, right? In simple terms, to simplify it. Well, I mean, I even know like if, if, like, if I have something that has a lot of like carbohydrates or sugar, I definitely feel exhausted after yeah yeah you like know? crash that's like when you're a kid and your mom's like you know don't don't eat that sugar you're gonna crash <laughs> that's exactly i mean that's what we're talking about <laughs> yeah that's what we're talking about it's one of the signs that you essentially mean you are over- overeating right I, I think relating to that and having low energy is you know sometimes people struggle to even make it through a workout have you seen that oh absolutely yeah people i mean again relating back to that could be a sign of either under or over um, going back to the sluggish feeling, uh-huh. um, certain foods also, um, certain foods make you feel different. One of the ma- one of the things that I always tell my clients that I always have them is how do certain foods make you feel? Right, going back to the question that you told me, like how would somebody know that they're overeating and things like that? A thing to 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 look into is how does a certain food make you feel? Right, when you eat this, do you feel more sluggish? When you eat this, do you feel more energetic? Right, little things like that go a long way. So sometimes, yeah, when you overeat a certain thing, you feel sluggish as hell through in a gym. You can't even do the workout because you just feel you feel tired, right? You feel you're struggling to 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 finish your or go even go to the gym. I think I think a lot of people may not understand that as far as their energy. They might blame it on other things like sleep or whatever happened in the the day 
leading up to their workout, whether it's in the morning or at yeah, night. A, lo- like, a lot of people are out like, of, they're not in tune with their body. All mm-hmm. the, a lot of, I've had a lot of people, I mean, you've seen the sheet that I have, right? So I have a bio, biofeedback sheet that I have to my clients fill out. Um, biofeedback meaning like anything that your, I mean, your body is telling you, right? So for example, going back to the food thing, um, me personally, when I eat like, let's say if I have ground turkey, I I feel amazing. I have so much energy, right? I feel so good. If I eat ground beef, I don't feel as good. I eat it all the time. I still eat it all the time because I want to get my protein in, some fat in. But I definitely notice the difference of when I eat the ground turkey and then when I eat like a ground beef. Like ground beef makes me a little more sluggish, not completely, but that's me personally, right? But I've I've been tuned with my body that I notice those things. Tilapia, right? To chicken, like I, I feel differently when I eat certain foods. When I eat a certain type of bread, when I eat a certain type of rice, right? Like I know what how my body responds to those certain things, and that's how I start slowly creating my quote unquote perfect diet for myself. Mm-hmm. For all the people out there that essentially don't know, right? You you don't want to track, and we're talking about all this these these things of like you're eating too much. So how do you go about it? I mean, mindful eating is huge. We hear about that all the time, and I've practiced mindful eating, and it goes a long way if you do it correctly. Right, mindful eating meaning th- seeing how certain foods make you feel. Right, seeing if you're, you're hunger cues, things like that. Like, are you actually hungry or you're just eating to eat? Right, type of thing. Do you practice mindful eating? Have you had your clients practice mindful eating? Yeah, I, I've worked with some clients on that, and it's 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 like a ninja skill to develop. Kind of, it's hard. I'm not saying um, it's easy. It's hard. You know, I, I mean, I notice like one of the things that immediately pops in my head is things that are not as filling, like chips. Or, you know, like I'll notice if I have some of those, I'm still I want more and I'm still hungry. So I'm like, that's one thing that I mean, they've came out that they put certain right, they put certain chemicals, certain things in there that essentially make you want more of it. Yeah. Right. Um, So it's like I I do like whenever I eat, whenever I'm done eating, I do like I kind of like check in with myself and like, how do I feel? I'll notice sometimes I'll have like a sweet craving after I finish eating. I'm like, well, what made me? do that. I'd found, this is interesting. I found that like eating like pre-bagged salads with the dressing already, you know, you just have the little packet of dressing and you make a salad like that. Those tend to make me crave more after I eat versus if I make some vegetables at home. Like on your own? Really? Yeah. That's interesting. So See? there's a lot I mean, of that, little that things, again, it's, it, it, you know, you start, you, you just start like tracking like in figuring out what you're eating and how do you feel after um, if you eat a little bit slower too and kind of understand what's going on as you know within your mind and your body while you're doing it yeah, versus hungry. like looking at your phone or watching tv it's real interesting yeah eat without you know? distractions that's huge yeah. i mean there's a study that came out that i think it was about like you eat 20 percent less mm-hmm. something like that could be wrong i'll look it up but I think it's something around 20% less food if you just eat without distractions, right? If you put your phone down, stop watching YouTube, because I know a lot of you guys do that, and I say a lot of you pointing to myself because I do it all the time. <laughs> right? I'll be watching freaking YouTube or just watching, you know, TV. Um, you eat, you could eat, you could reduce your calories by 20% just by doing that alone, by not eating distracted. A lot of people don't know that, right? So it is. Why do we eat distracted? You know, well, isn't that interesting? Food is, food is a social thing, right? Don't you think? Yeah, that's true. And if we're not eating with someone, yeah, then you it's want to like, distract yourself somehow. Then the phone is like kind of our social. Absolutely. Thing, right? I mean, so I mean, I live obviously with my grandmother, um, and so like I said, sometimes I'll, I'll put YouTube sometimes, which I'm trying to get the habit out of that. But then sometimes when I'm like, I'm not gonna do that, 
um, I find myself talking to her. <laughs> like I find myself talking, but then it's like I really am more in tune with my body and 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 what I'm eating, right? Because when I'm watching something and my brain's distracted and my brain's you know somewhere else, I definitely eat more, right? I yeah. definitely eat more just based off being being distracted. I tell it to a lot of my clients. And it's easier said than done because obviously it's a ninja you, skill. Yeah, it's easier said than done for sure. It's hard. It's hard to break out a habit, but it's all it's, it's all about developing habits. Just developing the habit of 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 listening to your body and things like that. And those habits, like eating mindfully, eating without distractions, those things pay off way more than trying to cut calories and do oh, all yes. of that other like crazy stuff. I mean, that's like the fat diets. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like I said, if you if you want to lose weight. By doing some of these things we're talking about, guys, like eating not distracted, right? Uh, paying attention to, to, to hunger cues, things like that, right? If you're full, if you're not full, again, study showed 20% less food, right? Boom. Are you already in a deficit? Just by doing the things that, that we're talking about, you're going to be able to lose weight just because you're doing those things. And I've had I've had clients do that. Like they start doing that and they really start being in tune with their body. And they do start losing weight, right? Because it's, that in turns does turn into a calorie deficit without them even noticing it. Mm-hmm. right um can so okay so let's say like and and this is something i've experienced but i know my clients have too is you start eating mindfully right so i'm having dinner um maybe i have some distraction i don't know what happens but i finish it and i have this like craving for something else like maybe it's something sweet mm. um something you know now the hard part is is it's it's like my instinct is as needs to be satisfied right <laughs> yes and instead of being mindful about it i'm like my attention is now on you know this thing that i need to like satisfy um but that i think for a lot of people including myself is that's a scary thing to like confront so it's easier just to kind of like try to figure out a way to satisfy it rather than really ask yourself why, why what just happened? It? Yeah. Yeah. What just happened? Like, why do I feel that way? That's why I say these are ninja skills. Yeah. I, I because, get that. You know, it's, it, there's a lot of psychology behind it and just taking a moment and pausing and understanding what's going on inside I mean, your body and your head. Again, it could be habits that you created, right? Habits you created of just having dessert or something like that, which by the way, guys, there's nothing wrong with what you're saying. There's nothing wrong with craving something sweet. Uh, the problem in, again, it, it, it just, comes back to, to overeating, right? You're probably going to overdo it if you do. I think it would be cool to talk about some of the things you can do to combat that. For example, I mean, I, I always tell my clients, um, again, they want something sweet, right? So I'm like, okay, well, have have a freaking piece of fruit, right? Have yeah, some orange, some exactly. strawberries, blueberries. Um, and then, then if that doesn't take crave, you know, take this craving away, then you can have that piece of cake, whatever. But you already kind of, you really just got more full. You already got more full, so you're most likely going to eat a little less of the cake because you already had some food or whatever, right? Yeah. Or I tell my clients I've I've used the uh, um have a barrier between between that, right? Um, because one, for example, barrier meaning like, all right, well, before you have that, go for a walk, right? Like go for like a I don't care five ten minute walk, and then that kind of gives them. Like, okay, well, maybe I don't really want that, right? They start thinking about on the walk. They start thinking about like, well, okay, maybe I'm just saying I want that. I don't really want it. They come back and they're like, well, you know what? I kind of don't want it. 70% of the time, 80% of the time that happens, right? Yeah. The other percent, well, you come back and you still want it. <laughs> <laughs> but then I'd rather have them do that because then they truly, essentially truly want it, right? They truly are craving that. 
Um, but when they put that barrier, they put something like that in between it, and it gives them time to think about, okay, do I really want this or not? I find that really beneficial. Like sometimes people, also some people just don't want to do it because they're like, damn, it's either I do that freaking go, I do that walk, or I just eat the thing. Well, I don't want to do the walk. I'm too lazy. So then they just don't end up freaking doing it, right? Yeah. But um, little things like that could help a lot, a lot, I would say. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we, we've been talking for a while, too, about people that are struggling with fat loss and, you know, how overeating is a challenge with that. Um, is there anything else that you think is uh, beneficial for those those types of people? Going back to the dessert thing, I guess, it's not about eating too much. It's about eating too much of the wrong foods. I mean, you could, it could go both ways, but eating too much of the wrong foods is where most people, that's where most people struggle with. Right. What do I mean by the wrong foods? Well, I mean, whole unprocessed foods. Right. Usually um, when you have a more whole food diet, meaning things that don't have a label on it. Right. Things that are not processed. Again, that kind of that always comes. You 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 naturally go into a caloric deficit just by changing and switching your diet from a processed you know, food to like a whole food. Right. And a lot of people have experienced that just by making that little switch. It goes a long way. I didn't I did an experiment the past two months where I started tracking and um, definitely the um, processed foods uh, add up quickly. Well, they also want, again, going back to like the chips, a lot of processed food, you want more of it. Oh my God. (laughs) You want more (laughs) of it, right? Because it says good. They add extra salt in it, right? Things our our body likes, salt, sugar, fat, right? All the three things that our body, like most processed foods contain just because they actually help preserve the food. I know. I still have that bag of chips Jeremiah bought in Joshua <laughs> Tree. <laughs> I need to get rid of. <laughs> but yeah, no, I was surprised, you know, how like my friends came to visit and, you know, I entered in like, like we got pizza and I was like, whoa, I didn't even know. Like, I mean, I, I knew, and I'm not saying pizza is a bad thing, right? It's, it's moderation, but I just didn't realize like where my goals were at. Like I was like, I didn't realize how big of a piece of that, day it took up how many it was just it's a learning process i mean but then at the same time you know i found some really delicious like greek yogurt ice cream bars it's like 100 calories and if it's like i want something like that i don't know the tracking really helped open open your mind my mind to Um, some different things i guess we didn't even talk about that i mean tracking talked about another episode but tracking is definitely a tool man um what's that saying that you said chris what gets measured gets managed yeah exactly so if you don't know what is coming in it's like the checking account if you don't if you don't see what money's coming in and what's going out how do you know at the end of the month like how you're going to pay your bills you know it's the same principle yeah see so we 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 do again certain people certain people should not track and you 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 know who you are right I i think most people know who you are or if not you'll figure out who you are um, and there's another part of the population that, um, I mean, should track. I mean, we all should eventually, like some of the people that I've had that I, I kind of helped with the mental aspect of it, right? Eventually, we, we get to a point where it's healthy enough to track, right? But, um, I mean, the saying that I always say, and I've told you, I mean, 90 days at least, 90 days of tracking could really open your eyes and could really give you an insight of, like, what you're truly eating. Like you said, what you're actually intaking, so usually that's yeah, the thing. and honestly, like I, I think I'm not about tracking a hundred percent of the time. I think if you track, uh, two weekdays and one weekend, hmm. and just it gives you so much insight like and what's knowledge. Happening? Yeah, even one week, you just it'll blow your mind. Hmm, yeah, and 
knowledge is power. <laughs> I mean, yeah, definitely. Just saying, it, it, it's it's it's. I mean, a lot of people that 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 start tracking, you you realize like, yeah, you realize all all the the the. What do I want to say? The um. Ups and downs. Not the ups and downs. The patterns. There you go. The patterns yeah. of your your patterns of your eating. Right. You mentioned the weekend. Um, a lot of people don't overeat during the week, but then the weekend comes, right? Mm. And the weekend freaking tears them up, right? Like they, they just go all up. Well, yeah, the, and to them, they're like, well, I was good all week. I could, I could enjoy my weekend. Yes, you could enjoy your weekend, but you could overdo it, right? Yeah. People could overdo it. You could actually be gaining weight just from the weekend, right? Cause again, processed food or any food in, out from restaurants and like that, those calories add up fast. Yeah. Well, and it's, I mean, that I, I do see that where, and even with myself sometimes where you hit like a Friday night and you're just like, you know, doing something social, you know, not on, not really trying to follow any kind of, you know, guidelines for yourself. And you're like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. The rest of the weekend, I'm just going to be off the rails. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's very easy for people to do. Um, the way to combat that, I mean, I usually tell people, again, it's all in moderation. So I'd rather have them have that, like, um, that something that whatever. I, I like to call them YOLO foods, right? Like, have have your freaking piece of cake, have your whatever, your bag of, you know, your, not your bag of chips, but have your chips. <laughs> have, have, you know, have that throughout the week as well, mm-hmm. right? Because if you don't have that throughout the week, the weekend comes and then... You boom, you go all out, right? Because you're like, oh, I haven't had this all week or I haven't, you know, I've been so good this whole week. I'm just going to go, like you said, off the rail. So I'd rather have them. I always have them have, I always want them to have their YOLO foods. I tell them like, okay, so what do, what are the things that you enjoy? Okay, we're keeping those things. If it's freaking brownies, I don't care what the hell it is. We'll get to a point where they have their, they know their moderation, right? And they'll have them throughout the week. Yeah, right? because if you restrict during the week, then that's where the weekends tend yeah, to go off the you. rails. Yeah, so I think that's more beneficial for 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 people. Um, the other thing I like to talk about with the weekends is to always, you know, if you are trying to get results, we're not we're not just talking about the average person who wants to be healthy, but someone who's trying to make progress. Um, if you go into the weekend with a plan, then you're going to be a lot more successful than if you just kind of go in and whatever happens happens like that's not a successful way to do things so i like to i like to tell my clients like know what's happening to some degree this weekend like you know kind of those points where you're gonna be um try to just have a plan um you know any if if you know that you're gonna go out to eat with some friends at a restaurant to look at the menu beforehand it doesn't mean that you have to like eat to a certain like restriction but at least you're walking in knowledgeable and you're not just going to go in and whatever suits your fancy in the moment you're going to go with it because you're a lot more likely to be successful if you plan ahead have a plan yeah absolutely i mean i talked about it with you last time uh off the podcast right that i usually um if i'm gonna go out somewhere especially the weekends um i mean i eat a little something before i go Mm-hmm. Because if I go hungry, I'm gonna freaking eat whatever the hell I want. Oh, right? That happened. To, that happened to me <laughs> so last I, weekend. So I never go hungry. Oh man, that I, happened I, I to me last weekend. And I thought about you. It's it helps. It helps I was so, so mad. Much. Oh man, I was so mad because <laughs> I had a plan to eat something before I went to this event, and I ran out of time. And I was like hoping that they said they're gonna have food, but then it just was. It was not good. <laughs> well, it just, it was, it was like, I mean, not good for me because 
I didn't get in terms of your goals right now. My what you goals, wanna do, and right? I yes, wanted absolutely. I wanted a little bit more Let protein, yeah. and you know, it was. We have a whole podcast, guys. We're gonna continue talking about all these things, obviously. Um, but that was obviously for the fat loss, right? Um, and to 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 end that note, right? Um, a sign of overeating in terms of that. Well, we all know you're obviously gaining a little more weight than 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 you should, right? Instead of progressing in terms of your fat loss goal, or you're not seeing your body change. You're not seeing your body change, and that's know. essentially our next part here. That was a good transition there, guys. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> in terms for those people that want to gain muscle. Um, there is such thing as eating too much guys. And I'm looking at the guys <laughs> because <laughs> the guys are the ones most of the time. Where, where does this come from? Like you just the whole, get the whole dirty get big. Yeah. That's it. It comes from, well, it also comes from, I think bodybuilding has had a huge impact on, on the whole fitness industry. hundred percent. Yeah. Right. And, um, some good, some bad. Um, so a lot of these, I would say a lot of these people see these, um, bodybuilders bulk and cut, right. But you guys have to realize that to the extent that they bulk and cut is different than the average person, right? They're cutting, yeah, but then they get to like 5% body fat. You can't build muscle at 5% body fat. So they have to quote unquote bulk in order to continue gaining muscle in order to continue progressing, right? But even then you see these bodybuilders on the off season, they're not fat. They still they still got abs. You could still see, you know, they still define. They're just not at 5% and that's why they bulk and cut, right? But most people look at that bulk and cut uh right phenomenon and they just overdo it they just go they think that they're gonna gain a ton of muscle just because they're gonna overeat and that was me that was me at one point right i mean we talked about it that was me at one point where i thought that a big thing i would say for a lot of guys and including myself obviously we know that you need protein in order to grow but there is such thing as too much damn protein (laughs) right you could you could overdo it i mean the golden rule I mean, I don't know what you say, Chris, but uh, 0.7 to a gram, maybe, mm-hmm. right, depending yeah. who you are, maybe a gram point, a 0.2 maybe as well, but um, 0.7 to a gram of, 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 of body weight to, to protein, I think that's the a golden yep. standard to anybody. Most of my clients are on that. I'm on that, right? Um, anything above that, does it help you build more muscle? And it's, it's a tough question. It's individualized, but at the end of the day... Let Not me ask really. you a question. You're just going to gain more fat than muscle. Okay, that's the answer there. I have a question. So if someone is trying to gain muscle and they do a dirty bulk, which means they just kind of eat everything. Everything and anything. Do you think that's a lack of discipline? A lack of discipline? Like, again, going back to the psychological aspect. Yeah, it? it's just like, you know... Um, it definitely is. I mean, there's guys out there that have been in a bulk for seven years. <laughs> <laughs> Right, because they're like, yeah. yeah, I'm bulking, I'm bulking, and the bulk never ends. So I don't yeah. know. So um, that definitely is a lack of discipline. I I said that because that was me. That was still me. That was me because again, I was eating everything and anything because I just wanted to get big. I didn't care. And then when I found out that obviously protein helps build muscle, well, I was just eating everything and like freaking. I was it was bad, Chris. I was eating like I don't know. I don't even Do want to you... say anything because some people are gonna take that like, oh, that's what I eat, or like it's not bad. But like for me, for example. I'll eat like two chicken breasts and a half or something. That's a lot of food, right? I didn't need to eat that much. And then I would still eat like eight eggs in the morning, right? Again, not saying that's bad. Some people actually need that, right? Some people don't. I personally didn't need it at the moment, but I was just overdoing it. Do you think that it's um, easier to just kind of eat and not really worry about the fat that you're gaining? Like, uh, Yes. I mean, let me be honest. That's why yeah. people, that's why, again, that's why there are people that are on seven-year bulks. 
<laughs> and d- do you also think that the muscle that they're seeing themselves gain is it's not all muscle so that yeah because they're gaining oh that's what i'm about to ask is but do you think that the pursuit of gaining muscle in a dirty bulk is more important than gaining fat i mean you're gonna gain fat right you're gonna gain, but if you yeah. if you gain like let's say you you gain and you stay you know fat you're not getting those results do you think there's any sense of frustration amongst people who, oh, absolutely. who do those things i mean i don't i don't know many people that's why I asked the question. I don't know many people who are on a seven-year bulk. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I say that, but me, but I mean, it's true. I mean, some people, because guys, I mean, there's a lot of guys out there that, I mean, essentially just want to get big, right? They just want to go, they want to gain mass. They want to just be huge, right? So they eat as much food as they can. Do you think that that's yeah, they, they get frustrated? I think some get frustrated to a certain point, but I do think there's some guys out there that enjoy, because you do get a little stronger, right? Obviously, you you. you to a certain point, when you're in a surplus, you do get stronger. You do gain some muscle, right? But it's to a certain point, right? There comes a point where it's like, okay, well, now you're not gaining any more muscle. Now you're just gaining more fat, right? Like mm-hmm. there, there's a certain point where your body has essentially a, a set point, right? Where it's like, okay, well, we, we always continue growing. If you're natural, at least. We're talking about to the natural people. If you're natural, it does have that set point where it's like it takes a lot more than just eating more and training hard. Right. It just it takes again, it's just take year, it takes years. Right. So it's like you've been training for a while and then you continue to grow, quote unquote, in your eyes. A lot of it. I mean, talking again from experience and, and people dealing with people, not my clients, but like just people, friends and even myself to a certain point. You've been doing it for so long, like you're not natural wise. You're not going to continue gaining. The, you know, you see 10 pounds go on the scale. You really think you gain 10 pounds of muscle. And you've been training for a while. You, you did not gain 10 pounds of muscle. You probably didn't even gain five pounds of muscle, right? Because to, to gain muscle, gaining muscle is hard. And that's why there's a lot of people that struggle out there and they can't gain muscle, right? I've dealt with a lot of those people. I mean, I was one of those, right? So, again, being in the surplus does help put on some muscle. But, again, it comes to a point where it's like, okay, well, now you're just, now you're just getting fat. It's kind of psychological with this, too, though, because it's like, you know, once you find like if you it hit, starts working a little bit, yeah, you're like, oh man, I'm like eating more, I'm gaining muscle, I'm like lifting heavier, I've never lifted like this. It's like something goes off inside your head where it's like, I gotta keep doing this, yeah. And it's like to change it almost feels like death. <laughs> Absolutely, you, know? you get stuck in that way. So, I mean, that, I think that's another the psychological part of, and that's the same with the opposite. Same end. with the opposite. Yeah. Same when you're cutting, right? A lot of people get stuck, like, oh damn, I'm looking shredded. And then they, again, they just overdo it. Again, going back to how we started this low, uh, this phase, a part, a part of the podcast, people take to one to the extreme to to they just take it to the extreme. I think I, variation is key, right? And you know, like, well, I like to again, I like to. I think it's more so we have to establish a goal. Like, what is it that you want to do? For example, if you want to put on muscle, obviously we're, we're going to have to put you in a surplus, right? So you, you will gain some muscle, you will gain some fat, but we're only going to do that for a prolonged period of time. We're not going to, again, we're not going to do it for a long time. I Most most of the time I tell people that, I mean, I like to check body fat. We'll be checking your body fat, and if you're obviously have you know, surplus, whatever, we want to get you to the amount of calories where we see your body gaining muscle, and then once we see your, once we see like, you'll see like a plateau of you just starting to gain fat, right? Well, then that's when we kind of could start cutting a little bit, or we usually go into a small cut, and then again, right? Because we need we need to give them a tell some time some time to like establish itself, right? So sometimes I'll put I'll give them like a small cut, go back into the surplus, and if they start getting muscle again, well we'll continue the bulk, 
right? But we want to get, we want to see that that pattern of like, okay, are you gaining fat or muscle, right? Because there comes a point in time where we're surplusing, surplusing, and then you just see the fat go up and not the muscle. That is usually where I kind of like to for, to have people cut because then then you could actually see that muscle that we've developed. That's something we were talking about before we started the podcast, right? Some people start that bulk and then they again start seeing the results, start seeing the things, but then there comes a point where they're like. Okay, well, I don't even see the, I don't see anything, right? You, you think you're not progressing, and you think you haven't put on any muscle, you think you're just getting fat now, but it's also because, I mean, that muscle is most likely behind that fat, underneath, underneath that fat, right? Yeah. So we need to reveal it in a sense, right? Uh, well, I think, you know, and, and it's easy. I think you were just talking about what you do as a coach, and you know, when we're trying to do these things on our own, this whole series is about why you're not progressing, and I think it's so easy. Um, when we're doing things on our own to kind of get stuck in our own heads, like, you know, like the bulk work. So I'm going to stick with the bulk, stick to it, yeah. you know, versus you have a coach, like you're a coach, you're able to kind of see 10,000 feet, what your client is doing move and around, make, yeah. make those changes. So, um, you know, part of the reason you may not be progressing is, you know, you're actually mentally stuck in a uh, yeah, certain wage. So getting a coach is where it helps that getting a coach, right. To, to tell you certain things is, is where that helps. Right, because then he or she could tell you, like, look, this is what's going on. This is what's happening. This is how your buyer's responding. This is what we need to do, right? So I think it's it's huge for people to to find someone a good, knowledgeable coach to be able to to talk to them about those things. But yeah, it is a bit. It is a big mental barrier. I mean, I mean, I include myself. Obviously, I've always wanted to big be big my whole life, right? So sometimes, I mean, we talked about this, right? Sometimes for me, cutting is difficult. Sometimes cutting is difficult, not because I can't cut calories, not because I can't count, not because I don't know what to do. But it's because that psychological aspect of it, like, I get to a certain point where I'm like, I look amazing, but it's like, I feel too lean. I feel weak. I feel like, I, you know, it's like, you so it's huge psychological it's aspect like to it. It's like, you don't want to go back to that person you were where you couldn't gain muscle yeah, anymore. Yeah, so it's, it's, a, it's yeah. a struggle. I mean, even for myself, even, I mean, even now, sometimes I'll get lean. Um, again, I start li- liking how I look, like you say, but then there comes a certain point where my psych, my psych kicks in where it's like, Oh man, I don't like this person. He's too, he's too small now, right? Mm-hmm. But then again, uh, I'll go back into that phase where it's like, okay, now I gotta get big again, right? So it's like I have fallen into that. Um, even like I said, even now sometimes I fall into that. I'm a lot better on it now, obviously being a trainer, things like that, having more experience under my belt. Yeah, I, I control it a lot more. I but mean, I, just to be honest, like I'm the opposite, which is great. That's why we do this together <laughs> because it's like. I know, like, I could probably benefit from a really good bulk, but I don't want to go there. You don't want to get to yeah. that. There it is, Chris. We'll, so we'll that's both, ex- <laughs> that'll be both of our challenges. There, that's so. why we uh, we're here. We are iron sharpens iron, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I think we've covered a lot today. I mean, we've we we've talked about the challenges of people who are trying who are um, stuck and overeating could potentially be a cause. It goes for the fat loss person. It goes for the muscle gain person who's not really liking the results that they see or they feel kind of stuck at a plateau yes absolutely going back to i guess to finish off the muscle gain part like we said you're you're, you're also a, a big a big sign that you're overdoing it right when you start um your performance so again your performance is a big sign of like where you're at in terms of like your progress because again you start that surplus right you start that aka bulk and your performance starts going up, like Chris says. Your performance, you start getting stronger. You start, you know, you're, you're starting to feel a lot better, right? Um, but then your performance will indicate, like, okay, we're not getting any more muscle. You're not getting any stronger anymore. You're still in the surplus, right? You're not getting any stronger. Your performance is kind of declining now, right? That's kind of where you know, like, okay, I think I'm overeating now. I'm just overdoing it, right? My body needs some time to adjust. 
Um, I think performance is again a good indicator of like um, where you're at in terms of um, your goal, right? In terms of your progress for both, actually, not just for the muscle game, but for the phallus as well. In terms of your performance, so overeating for a prolonged period of time can for a actually of time. decrease your performance oh, and trying to build it. strength. Yeah, I've been there, done that. Definitely hinders your performance. Um, so again, strength. I had we talked about uh, the strength protocol. I, I love strength as a metric of of progress. Um, just because hmm. it, it, I think it's one of the number one metrics of progress. Right? We talked about it just because you could tell. Like you could tell when you're progressing and you could tell when you're actually starting to decrease your progress. There's my timer, guys. Could you hear it in the background? You can leave it, Chris. Um, we're pretty much ending. We'll leave the timer there because I told you guys we're not lying about me having to move my car from a meter. <laughs> <laughs> but that was like, fun, Chris. That was an exciting podcast. Um, that was that was uh, episode two of this series. Uh, episode three of the next uh, of, of our next series. What is it? I believe it's uh, always changing, changing your, your workouts. workouts. So if yep. you guys want to, obviously next week, uh, if you want to stay tuned for that, uh, we're going to be talking about why you're not progressing because you're always changing your workout. You have no structure. You have no program, right? That's usually um, a big one. So we'll talk about that next week. Uh, but for right now, I think that's it. That's signing off. to say? That's signing off. That's it's been it. a good one. Yes, yes, it has. All right, it's been a Life Lifted Podcast. Thank you for joining us on the Life Lifted Podcast. If you like today's episode, give us a five-star review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you want to lift your mind, body, and soul, follow us for more episodes. Show support by sharing Life Lifted with your friends and family. Until next time, stay lifted.